When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to our latest edition of Argyle Chat. It has been another interesting week at Home Park with plenty going on, so discuss what's been going on and looking forward to what could happen. Is our Argyle reporter Chris Errington. Hi Chris. Stu, how are you? Very well, thank you. And we have a very special guest here today. A warm welcome to Nick Tomlinson from PAFC The Space. Hi Nick. Hi Stu, hi Chris, thank you. Welcome, welcome aboard. Yeah, Thanks welcome very aboard. much for joining no us. Problem, no problem. Big Argyle fan, but um, but in more ways than one, I suppose, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I I love the the work that PAFC displays do. Um, Nick, perhaps you can just give us a little more, little bit more detail about it. I mean, it's you know we see the big flag, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, there is. I mean, we started off with um, a few displays um, a few years, quite a few years ago actually. You might have seen the mosaic sort of the plastic sheets that we used to do. It was uh, that was organised by. Um, myself and another um, couple of couple of guys, Steve Riggs mainly, who started PFC Displays. He he uh, was one of the key um, inputs into that. Um, and from then, we've just kind of morphed into PFC Displays, and we've now we've now got this obviously the big giant flag that we have going around, um, and all the little flags around the uh, around the edge of the pitch as well. So it's um, it's grown into that at the moment. So it's Absolutely, it's great to see though, isn't it, Chris? You know all that colour at home park. I think it creates that sort of sense of theatre before a game. Home Park's often described as the theatre of greens and when you've got the We Are Argyle flag going around the uh, last season, certainly with the, the Devonport end and then down towards the, the Lindhurst, it looks great, the flag's on the side. It's, it's certainly created that sense of theatre. So I think, you know, uh, Nick and, and everyone involved in that deserves a lot of credit for sort of uh, making, the, um, making it more of a match day yeah. atmosphere. And uh, obviously there were some pretty important games at the end of the season. Uh, notably the Scunthorpe one, and there was a lot of work uh, involved yeah. before the Scunthorpe game, wasn't there? There was. There was a lot of work that went into that. It was a kind of because we knew we didn't know where we were going to be going into that game. There was a lot of last-minute preparation as well. Which um, credit to the club, they let us have uh, a key to the ground so we could get in of an evening after after the, all the guys work. So it was getting in after work and mm. painting those banners out. And I think we were there pretty much every night, Monday to Friday, sorting those banners because there was um, I think it was it was quite a lot of work. I mean there was two big banners I think one of them was 130 foot long roughly and the other one was about 120 foot long and it, it, obviously you can only put one coat down wait for it to dry and it, so there's a lot of, lot of time and effort that goes in behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see absolutely and when it only goes up for 30 seconds 60 seconds maybe a little bit longer than that it, it, you do feel it's all become worth it at that time when, we, when you actually see how it looks and when the club use something like that as well. One of the photos they use for one of their backgrounds on Facebook, it makes you think, yeah, we're actually making a difference here. Absolutely. Especially, especially with that last game of the season, I think mm-hmm. the yeah. atmosphere in the ground was absolutely electric. And I'd like to think that we had a little bit of an input into that. Yeah. How, how long have you been a fan for, Nick? Good question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a long time. As long as I can remember. I, mm. I can't, I've been an Argo fan that long, I can't actually remember my first game. Mm. So it must have been when I was, my dad's told me I was about four or five when he mm. took me to my first game. So I can't remember what that game was. No, the, re- the reason I ask is that I did, 
the Scunthorpe game, the, I mean, there's been bigger crowds at Home Park over the years, obviously, when it's been four-sided and things like that, but the yeah. atmosphere that day was, was really, really special, wasn't it? it was, I mean, a lot of the work that I do with, with this, I'm pitch side when mm. players come out, and to feel the atmosphere of the crowd is completely different when you're pitch side to when you're in the stand. Mm. And you kind of get, it's the closest that a fan will get to the feel that a player has when the, fan, when the, when the yeah. fans are like that. Yeah. And it literally the hairs on the back of my neck were on end it was just unbelievable it was just spine tingling the noise and you could see it in the players faces because you're quite up close to me you could see it in the players faces they're looking around thinking mm. yeah we need to perform it and you could see with it with the noise with the banners at yeah. the back of the Devonport M with the flags down the side of exactly. the pitch it, it was a that sense of occasion it wasn't was, it? it was almost like a cup final mm. it really was like that that's how it felt and it was just it was just electric yeah, I mean, you spoke about the effort that you guys put into doing it. I mean, how how long would you say in terms of man hours? We we there was, well, I was there every night Monday to fr- Monday to Friday from about six o'clock to about ten o'clock. Um, there was about seven or eight of us. There's quite a few. I mean, it's got it's got to be well over individual man hours. It's got to be over forty eight hours. I think for really? that week. Yeah. I mean, a fair play to you guys because, as you say, it's after you've been working all day as well. So to then go down to the club and do that from six to ten is um i mean that's the mark of a true fan i think so it's, it's all the marking take my well. it's, it's working out where how big the letters are yeah be. absolutely are they going to be big enough to be seen mm. i mean with the with the ground redevelopment at the moment there's a few webcams on the on the stadium as you can see and um we were there trying to measure out and we got a few messages from people saying we can see on the webcams what, what's, what's the design going to be and we like to keep that quiet because yeah. we like to try and have it as an impact sort of thing rather than people know exactly what we're going to do going into it. So the new flag that we're looking to buy at the moment, we're going to look to try and reuse. So we could, we're going to keep it as coloured bars and then we can put banners onto it. So maybe Velcro or something, we'll look to maybe sticking Velcro on it or something like that. So we can paint a banner up, stick it to it, and we can use that flag again and again and again for future displays. So Absolutely. we're looking at the sustainability of, of what we do as well as just getting money in and then using that money for a certain display mm. and what, what about the club I take it they're you know more than happy to, the club to do what they can the club you. have been brilliant I mean Jamie Yavsley in particular who's our point of contact at uh, Argyle has been absolutely phenomenal um, he's he's supported us for everything that we wanted to do he's been our point of contact with the safety officer because everything we have to do has to be clear with uh, the ground safety officer um, so at the beginning of the season we had an issue with, flag, with flags that we have around the pitch originally we're going to be into the in the stands so the safety officer, we didn't involve the safety officer because we didn't fully aware, we weren't fully aware of the processes. Yeah. So we were, that was scrapped at the last minute, literally about half hour before kickoff, I was there pulling all flags in, trying to stop people from having them out. Um, but eventually we, we understood each other and we got around how we, um, how we do it and the safety officers have let us put in the, in the uh, stand as well. And we've had no incidences, which is, which is brilliant. We, did, we knew we wouldn't anyway, mm. but that was one of the main concerns that we had. Yeah. So, how can fans donate? Are you talking about this big flag that you've got planned for the new season, as almost to mark the dawn of a new era, I guess? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the flag side. We're looking at making it as big as possible, as long as possible. I mean, ideally, we'd love to get it the sort the length of the, of the uh, Devonport end. That would be fantastic to cover blocks one to five. But at the moment, we're settling for just to try and make it bigger than the current We Are Argo flag. Um, people can donate via our website, um, which is www.pafcdisplays.co.uk. Uh, there's a little donate now button in the top corner, which takes you through to PayPal. Um, 
if we have had people say that they don't have PayPal or internet banking or anything like that, so if they do want to donate and they're not sure how to go about that, they can contact us on um, our email, which is just displays at gmail.com or uh, give us a shout on Facebook and we can arrange for other methods of payment to be paid across to us if people wish to donate. Yeah, brilliant. And there's merchandise as well, isn't that? Yeah, we've got towels, um, stickers, which a lot of people like to buy and take on holiday with them and leave them in various places. Um, <laughs> Get the sunbeds all booked in a while, are you? Yeah, um, the towels are very popular, actually. We've sold yeah. quite a lot of the towels, and, and they are very nice. Uh, the, just a thin sort of beach towel material and we, we sell we can get them in quite quickly and uh, distribute it out quite quickly as well um, many flags many version flags of the big flag that we have um, but yeah that's all available on the website as well in the shop that we've got there yeah fantastic well we had a message from Dave Searle to say Nick's displays are fantastic and the massive flag must be a nightmare to clean <laughs> and, is, and maintain his dedication is something the club could should recognise maybe a free season ticket <laughs> it is I've I've seen. I've, I did see Dave's message actually, and um, I'll be honest. We haven't cleaned the flag because we can't find anywhere big enough to clean it presently. Um, see, it's it's pretty much <laughs> going to be the next option, I think. Mean. Um, but yeah, we've taken it to a couple of laundrettes in Plymouth, um, who've said cause the flag itself weighs thirty five kilos, um, and we've taken it to a couple of laundrettes where they said we've got a forty five kilo machine. It's fine. It'll fit in there. It's fine. You get it there, and they go, oh, actually, that ain't gonna fit. Really? So it's it's finding something. If someone did message us on Facebook and said that um, the Royal Devon and Exeter Hospital have a laundry up there, which we might look at taking up there mm. and see if we can get it cleaned up there. Yeah. Um, they've got to come up big big laundry up there as well. So we're, we're going to give them a call and see if we can get it in up there. Oh, fantastic. Or if there's anyone out there listening to the show that could help, then right. please get in contact and we can yeah, pass the details on to you. It is looking quite grubby in the, in the <laughs> white areas at the moment. We would like to get it cleaned. Um, there's a few tears in it as well, which we repair, but it, we would like to get it cleaned. That's the main thing at the moment. Yeah, fantastic. Well, as I say, fantastic stuff that you do for the club. Let's talk club matters then. Um, I guess the big news last week really was uh, Graham Carey leaving. Obviously mm-hmm. a, a real fan's favourite. Um, were you surprised that you went to CSKA, Sophia, Chris? I mean, it was a it seemed a bit of an odd move. It, it did. It was it was quite an interesting day um, last Tuesday because uh, you and I went up to the Manhattan Sports Hub, uh, a very impressive facility, yeah, very. which uh, we'll hear of more of in the weeks to come. And we met Ryan Lowe for the first time. Uh, interesting to talk to him before the press conference and then during the press conference and get a few thoughts from him. And when I spoke to him afterwards, we, we asked him about Graham Carey and Ruben Lemires and what was, what was happening with them. And from listening to his answers and the report that we did subsequently, you know, you got the impression that he was um, you know, hopeful that one or both might stay. Uh, he certainly didn't give any impression that um, Graham Carey was about to, to go somewhere else. No, not at all. So we got back to the office, <laughs> wrote up this fantastically crafted story about... Uh, Carrie and the Mirrors, and um, and then our good friend and uh, podcast regular Jack Ball said, uh, Graham Carey's gone to CSKA Sophia. And I said, Well, he can't have done that. I've just published a story. <laughs> and it was literally <laughs> no sooner did you press the big return key to, to publish the story, and it, it broke. Didn't um, it? So, so the timing of it from a purely personal, selfish point of view was shocking. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but there'd been talk about um, Alan Nixon the national journalist had mentioned there was a possibility of uh, Graham Carey going to Bulgaria yeah. it's a bit left field um, that's for sure 
Um, Graham Carey said in his little message when he, he left that he you know wanted a new challenge. Well, playing in Bulgaria is definitely a, a new challenge. CSKA Sofia, you know, are a very historic, thirty-one time national champions. They're in the UEFA uh, Europa League first qualifying round next season. Were runners up to Ludogorets last season by a point, I think it was. So, in some ways, I'm quite glad that Argyle won't bump into him next season playing for the opposition or something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, he does actually follow. He did actually follow us on um, POC Display's mm-hmm. Instagram, and I sent him a message when it broke saying, you know, mm-hmm. all the best, um, mm-hmm. thanks for all the memories, uh, just don't do it against us next season. Yes. And then it broke, that he signed us in. I was like, well, he definitely <laughs> won't do it against us. So. Uh, so, is it a good move? He's going to be Time playing, to it, it is, he's going to be playing top flight football, albeit, you know, in Eastern Europe, he's going to be playing in the Europa League first qualifying round, whether that actually leads to them qualifying for the competition outright, I don't know, um, financially you'd imagine it must be a pretty good deal, because you wouldn't ordinarily go from from English football to, to Bulgaria, would you, so... Yeah. Um, well, the pictures are rather grandiose, weren't they? Yes. I mean, he looked like he'd signed for <laughs> yes. King of Bulgaria or something <laughs> like that. So... You know, like like Nick says, you know, wish him wish him all the best. I I, I really enjoyed watching Graham Carey yeah. play for Argyle over four seasons. Last season wasn't his best, but he'd set the bar so high that I, I still think last season he played pretty well. Um, but just by the high standards that he set himself before, yeah. they weren't quite the same. But um, yeah, love watching Graham Carey play. Wish him wish him all the best. I mean. From a fan's eye view, Nick, I mean, he was, he was a great player. Oh, he excited you, didn't he, as a fan? You never knew what he was going to do next. That was, that's the thing. I mean, whether it was putting a defender on his bum in the bottom corner by the, um, by the, by the Devonport end, um, I think that was against Bury, actually, Ryan Lowe was Bury when Ryan Lowe played for them, mm. um, or whether it was that lovely bit of skill which he did in the top corner against Portsmouth, I think it was, where mm. he just knocked it behind the defender and got into the box. I mean, you never knew what he, what he was going to do next. And some of the goals he scored, mm. just outrageous I mean I remember the one against Blackpool away mm. I think that one, might be one of the best goals I've ever seen live mm. just I think to, that might be my favourite to hit it yeah. to hit it first time on his left mm. dipping up over the keeper it's just it's just phenomenal and there was always it, the amount of goals he scored from range mm. I mean the, the Millwall goal for example in oh. the, in the uh, League Cup screamer it just moved so much mm. the keeper just had no chance mm. I mean that's what that's what I'll take away and remember of Graham Carey is all those individual moments of brilliance mm. even if he was having a poor game there was that there was something there, there was something there yeah. where you could just, just switch it on and just it was just unbelievable I, I do think that the, he set the bar so high that, yeah. that people sometimes you know forgot that uh, you know he was playing in League 1 League 2 if he was brilliant all the time he'd be playing at a higher high level yeah. but I, I think he did a he did a great job. He will be a big miss for Argyle. There's no, yeah. no two ways about it. You don't take somebody like Graham Carey out of your team and, and replace him easily. I mean, hopefully Ryan Lowe's um, got a few irons in the fire. He's been linked with um, a couple of people who would be exciting to watch, no doubt, if he, yeah. if he can get them uh, to Argyle. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed um, watching Graham Carey. Absolutely. How, I mean, how big a miss will he be for Argyle? Because... He has been their talisman, really, for the last four years, hasn't he? I think it depends, Stuart. I think it depends on who Ryan brings in. If he brings in someone that's able to get bums off seats, as Jack says, and um, excite the fans just as much as Graham Carey did, maybe we won't miss him as much. But if it's if we struggle to get a player in that's going to do that, then obviously that would visually be, be a, a massive thing. You will see that, you'll see that that won't happen. At the same time, you've got the likes of Ruben Ramirez, who... 
present the time of recording this hasn't announced his uh, decision on where he's going yet or when he's that going. will happen after the podcast Guaranteed. we can guarantee I'll walk out the building <laughs> um, but if, yeah. if he stays if he stays um, then that's one player that will probably you could think would step up and fill that void I guess really that's what our golf fans are hoping isn't it you know Carey's gone we know he signed a big contract, his last contract at Argyle, so perhaps there is a bit of money there to push Ruben's way to try and tempt him, or is that wishful thinking? I think it might be a bit wishful thinking. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I just can't see, with Ruben Ramirez having the, the second half to the season he had last year, and the clubs that he's being linked with, um, and Charlton being very keen, for example, why he would be playing in League Two next season. I just can't can't see it you know a footballer's career is a short one they've got to do what's right for them you know sentimentally yeah it'd be nice if he stayed you know and uh, you know got Argyle back in league one and was a star player and things like that'd be great yeah. but um, I think realistically you know he he played very well in the second half last season got lots of accolades in the right team I don't think he could play in every team but in the right team set up that would allow him to to flourish I think he'd be you know certainly you know, a top end League One player and, and he's been linked with championship clubs and you know he has got real ability so I can't see it again no. I'm happy to be proved wrong but all logic tells you that you know Ruben Lemire should be playing higher than League Two yeah I, t- I tend to agree with that I mean mm. let's say it would be amazing if he did stay but at the same time I come back to when Graham Carey re-signed mm. everyone, everyone mm. was adamant he was off yeah. And then that one tweet from the club at the back of his head signing that contract, and I think Twitter exploded. It did. It just went absolutely mental. We may have that situation again this year. Yeah. But like Chris says, I think that's highly unlikely, and I wouldn't be surprised if mm. if Ruben Ramirez did sign a contract for a top end league one, maybe potentially lower lower league championship, but I can't see him being at home park unfortunately. Yeah. I'd love to be proved wrong as well, mm. but. Well, it's interesting because when, when you spoke to, to Ryan Lowe, he did make that point of saying, you yes. know, he said to the players, mm. ultimately you got the, the club relegated, I'm giving you an opportunity to sort of right the wrongs and get our goal back up. Mm. So maybe that's a carrot for Lemirez. I don't know. Maybe he feels he owes it to the club. Maybe. But like I say, it's a short career. Yeah. I wouldn't blame any player for wanting no. to play at the highest level they can and for the most money they can get. You know, by football, you've got to make as much money. By as you can thirty-two, as thirty-three, people are ready to bin you and get rid of you and yeah. don't want to know you. So when you're at Ruben Ramirez's age, he needs to. And it's the same with Graham Carey. Graham well, I was Carey's, going to say, yeah, Graham I mean, Carey's thirty now. You know, yeah, in two exactly. or three years' time, people will be saying, "Oh no, you're too old. You're not this. You're not that. You're not that." So you can't blame him. At the same, no. same time with Carey as well, he's got the opportunity to play European football mm. at yeah. thirty years old. Mm. He's not going to have many chances like that to take that opportunity. And he's got for his career and. For, when he's looking back at his career later life, he's gonna say, "I should have done that," or at least he now he, you know he's had that opportunity to do so. And you can't you can't take that away from a player. No, it's, it's funny because I mean I remember this time last year when Oscar Threlkel went to Beveren and we were saying at the time what a strange move, and then this one seems even more strange. It, really, but... it it does, and and who knows how it will work out. Yeah, but um, well, I'm sure. Quite a few people will be keeping an eye out for CSKA yeah. Sophia's. Uh, I don't results. think they'll be buying the shirt, say, given they're no. red and white. But. No, no, that's, that's true. But uh, yeah, he didn't look great in the red training top that I saw the picture no. of him uh, in. I think that's just, it just didn't look right. <laughs> right. It just did not look right. <laughs> but we've had, there's been a few weird signings like that with Argo, hasn't it? It was like the Andy Kellett signing, where he was on his way back yeah. down here, yeah. along, and then ends up going on loan to Manchester United, which yeah. was a bizarre one as well. So yeah. it's happened a few times with us with weird. 
weird signings like it's that. All, it's all part of the fun. Absolutely, yeah, all, all part, part of the, the theatre. Mm. Another player being linked with a move is Freddie Ladapo. Mm. Uh, talk of a half million pound move to either Portsmouth or Sunderland. Yes. Interesting. Um, There's a lot of debate about this one because some people are saying, oh, well, our goal should get more, but you mm. seem happy with I, half I, a million. I think if you look at it, Freddie Ladapo's had one good season in league football. Uh, which was last season, mm-hmm. and and you could probably argue that even last season he was a little bit up and down. He had spells where he was very good, but and spells he could have not so good. He could have probably had a lot more goals. Yeah. I mean the amount of chances that he would have one on one where mm. he's he's squandered a golden opportunity. He probably could have been up in the mid mid twenties. I would he had, have thought he had plenty of chances. So I, I looking at his age, looking at his background, looking at the fact that Argyle in League Two at the moment. Uh, looking at the fact that he's got like twelve months to run on his contract, and by January, you know, he's he's his value will have gone down. I th- I personally think five hundred thousand with a sell-on clause and add-ons on if the club he goes to get promoted and things like that. I think you know that could then bump it up from half a million to seven hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. So I think that would be a good deal. Yeah. And then Ryan Lowe can then reinvest that into getting players that. He wants, and you know, players will. Uh, managers will sometimes be quite happy to inherit certain players, but I think most managers like to have their own players that they've know and work with. And I think if you gave Ryan no chance to reinvest, say most, if not all of that half a million pounds on his squad, I'm sure, and bring in three or four players for that, I think that would be a a good deal and if it could sweeten the deal to get one or two that are maybe just wavering at the moment mm-hmm. and then if you could just say well look, okay we'll give you a little bit extra and get them down then then, then I think that would be a good deal uh, ultimately you know Freddie Ladapo scored a lot of goals in League 1 last season a bit like Ruben Namirez I can't see him wanting to play in League no. 2 next season he, he got 18 goals in League 1 he's going to be want to be in, at least in League 1 next season if not higher so mm-hmm. He's, um, he's not a player to hang around either, is he? I mean, he's had a fair few clubs already. I mean, Sunderland are being linked with lots of strikers again. John Marquess at Doncaster is one that they're being heavily linked with as well. So uh, I, I do wonder if Sunderland are covering as many bases as possible uh, yeah. and, and keeping their options open a little bit. But Sunderland and Portsmouth have both been interested in Freddie uh, in January and now. Um, Brentford have, have been interested but I, I don't think they've taken it much further than that for a while but you know, Brentford are the sort of club that would would sign a Freddie Ladapo you know mm-hmm. the, the the success they've had in recent seasons is taking people from lower divisions and, yeah. and spotting them and, and getting them into the to the championship and apparently there's two or three other clubs as well so if, if it was me I you know I've and I could get half a million pounds, yeah, I'd be absolutely fine with that. But I do understand, and it's been a fascinating debate on social media, yeah. that other people disagree. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? I tend, to, I tend to agree with you, Chris. You don't have to, we, you're more than welcome to disagree with <laughs> no, I tend to agree. Um, yeah. Like I so, said, you've got to remember as well, we signed him on a free contract. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Half a million, half a million pounds yeah. for nothing. In 12 months. Yeah. In 12 months. I mean, that's, it's good business. Mm. If, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's good business, especially if you get the add-ons there as well. Mm. Um, He's cost you nothing to get in. You've had to pay him twelve months' salary, mm. but if you can get an, a return on that of half a million pound, then why wouldn't you? Mm. Especially when you've gone down a division as well, why wouldn't you? Mm. New manager, he's going to want, like you say, he's going to want to bring in his own players. It, it just, I think, it makes sense if he wants to go. Mm. Mm. If he doesn't want to be here, then it makes sense. There's no point trying to force a player to stay if he doesn't want to be here. And it sounds as though 
Ryan Lowe could potentially have a replacement lined up with uh, Nicky Maynard as well because he's another player that's been linked with it. Yeah, that would be an exciting sign. I'd be I'd be very excited to see him him at Humbug. I think he scored twenty one goals from September last year. Um, he's okay. He's thirty years old, but it's like I was saying before. I mean, a striker's instinct is to get in the right areas. Obviously, getting in the right areas if he's scoring twenty one goals yeah. from September, um, you don't lose that. So. I would be excited to see him come in. If it would be a great replacement if Freddie went. There's certainly been um, Ryan Lowe's certainly been linked with about half the Berry team from last season. By the looks of it, there's been several names mentioned. There's some exciting players that have been been mentioned. You know whether they will come to fruition. We'll wait and see. You know I'm sure the the link that Ryan Lowe has with some of them must be, you know, weighing on their minds if there is an offer there because. He went in there and they had an extremely successful season and yeah. you know players might be thinking well Ryan Lowe got the best out of me you know if I rejoin him at, at Plymouth Argyle you know maybe we can have the same sort of success again maybe I can get another promotion on yeah. my CV um, you know so it, it'll be interesting to see how that works I mean I've done a piece uh, today on, on Monday about you know the Argyle squad and as, as we sit here recording this podcast now they have 13 players under contract and that includes a 19-year-old goalkeeper in Michael Cooper and Tom Parrington, who's a first-year professional. So the squad is, is pretty thin on, on the ground yeah. and pre-season training starts on Thursday week, June the 27th. Yeah, I think, we've, I think the, hash, the, the little hashtag incoming mm. may be coming up yes. quite a lot yeah. over the next couple of days, hopefully. I mean, yeah. like I say, as we speak, there's, there's been no announcement at the moment, but I'd like to think mm. over the next... Five days, we should see maybe four or five at least come in. I would have thought. I, I wouldn't be too worried if I was an Argyle fan right now because I think we're at that stage of the summer where so many players are away on holiday. Yeah. Exactly. They probably said before they went away, yeah, I'll sign, but I can't get down until after I'm back from holiday. And then you might get three, four, five signings in pretty, pretty quick succession. Yeah, no, that's I mean, often the way it works. Yeah, so, I, was, I was about to say that with, with the example of Ryan Lowe, for example, I would not have been surprised if that deal was done a week or two previous but mm. just purely because of the holidays and the fact there was compensation involved with Burry I think that that's a perfect example of how announcements can be delayed and like I said I wouldn't be surprised if there were sign-ins already well well in advance what yeah. advance talks that are just about to be announced it wouldn't surprise me at all no uh, we also had a question from Bevis Robbins a simple question this week what are the priorities in the transfer market and are you aware of any imminent signings? By the way, it's Bevis, not Beavis. I think we called him Beavis last week on the show. Bevis. We? So we apologise for that, Bevis. Well, Bevis is a regular uh, contributor of questions, so we need to get, uh, get his name right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so thanks for getting in touch. Um, you were talking about defenders earlier on, Chris, well, I, weren't you? So... I, I just think the defence, uh, looking at the players under contract at the moment, uh, we've got four full-backs. So full-backs are uh, Tafari Moore, Joe Riley, Ashley Smith-Brown and Gary Sawyer. Although we know that Ryan Lowe likes to play with wing backs, so you know that's um, could they bit of... could they do the job though as wing backs? I, well, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Sawyer filling that centre back. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's lost that yard of pace now, but he's still got that really good footballing brain where he spots the danger early. But I I'd like, I wouldn't mind seeing him as part of a, a, a back three. Maybe. They could have a back three. He could go the left sided of the, of the three, and then you could have say Moore and Smith Brown as two young attacking. Wing backs, but Joe Riley, I know, um, was at Berry with with Ryan Lowe, so that's somebody that Ryan Lowe will know. It's it's the centre backs. You've just got Niall Canavan and Scott Wooten. 
Um, both had you know difficult first seasons at Argyle. I yeah. think that's fair to say through form and injuries and and bits and pieces. So you you you'd want to strengthen the the defence. So uh, it, it's quite funny because all the talk about Ryan Lowe is his attacking philosophy and he likes to, his team to attack and get crosses in the box and score goals and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be brilliant to watch. That's why you don't but, need defenders. But but <laughs> my issue at the moment and you're right, Stu. We've got plenty of time for this to get solved but at the moment the defence isn't looking that strong no. um, so it's about putting some every good attacking team has still got to have a good defence right, yeah. uh, yeah. and then sometimes you've got to have an even better defence because they might get more exposed because your team are so attack minded that's, so, that's the concern it's yeah. getting caught out on the break uh, how many times have Argyle done that in, in the Derek Adams era yeah. where we've caught teams on the break because yeah. they've been gone the whole at us um, so yeah, I would I would definitely agree that we need to definitely shore up the defence. A couple of centre backs definitely I think would be my priority. Um, maybe a couple of midfielders as well. And signing as far as signings being imminent, we saw Ryan Lowe last Tuesday. We haven't seen him since, so um, a little bit difficult to get a handle on is anything imminent. But I go back to the fact that you know I've got thirteen players under contract. Pre-season training starts in ten days' time. Um, they're not going to turn up for pre-season training with thirteen players. So. I would I would be reasonably confident that in the next certainly this week will we'll, that hashtag incoming will hopefully appear a few times. Mm-hmm. It's it most of the summer seems to have been about who the new manager is going to be, when is Ryan Lowe going to be appointed, <laughs> and which player next is going to leave. Yeah, and it, it that's been the narrative for the summer. I think we're about at the point now where it's who's the next player coming in, who so and so is in, who's going to be next, who's going to be next, who's going to be yeah. next. Uh, and that's the exciting bit from a fan's point of view. Yeah, no, view, definitely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's always exciting seeing new signs coming in. And being an Argyle fan over the last few years, with the amount of clear outs that we've had in new players coming, I think the last in the last two years it's got to be around about twenty players that have come in in, in the, over the last two summers. So it's there's there's definitely a buzz around the club when there's when there's uh, signings coming in. Yeah. Yeah. One position you guys haven't mentioned is the goalkeeper. Mm. I mean, I know you, you're quite... We don't know what's going to happen with Cole Leatherin yet. No, there's, there's no, no he's not re-signed and, and Michael Cooper has, or was under contract anyway, yeah. I should say. So, uh, you know, I think everyone agrees that Michael Cooper's a, a, a good prospect for the future. And if, uh, again, if Jack was sat here with us today, he'd be saying, well, if he's good enough, he should be in the team. And, yeah. and there, is, well, there, is some, well, there is some truth in that. But yeah. I, I still think that if Cole Leverin doesn't re-sign or what have you, I still think that Ryan and I would need to bring in a first-choice goalkeeper. But I'd also make it clear that, you know, I've got a good young prospect here and if you're not performing, I won't be afraid yeah. to put him in the team. Nick, your take. Yeah, where's so your now, I first saw Cooper at Blackburn away uh, last year. Yeah. He, he was forced on mm-hmm. after Leverin took an injury. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He made some absolutely brilliant saves. He came on last game of the season as well against Scunthorpe and made... I think it was one or two crucial, very, very good saves. I think he's a brilliant young keeper. And, I, and you see teams like Argyle, for example, going out and getting Matt Macy on loan. It frustrates me when we go out and get a young keeper from another club but, and bring him in and give him a chance and opportunity in league football. When we've got a brilliant young keeper sat on the bench, give our young, young lads a chance. Mm-hmm. They're only going to get more experience and better by playing games. And I think... I think Cooper's at that age now where he needs to be playing first-team football. And I think it, this season would be a perfect opportunity for to give him first-team football. Yes, we do need to bring someone in, but I would say bring someone else in as an understudy to him. 
and give it to give Cooper someone to learn from as well as his first team football. Yeah. So I think that's the only way he's gonna improve and get better and become a regular for Plymouth Argyle. I think if we keep leaving him on the bench, we'll lose we'll lose talent like that. And I think I personally think it's it's the right time to give him a starting, give him a run out from the beginning, the start of the season, and give him a chance. It's an interesting one because if you're an experienced goalkeeper, which I think everyone agrees Argyle need. Are you going to be able to get an experienced goalkeeper to move down to the West Country to be a number two? This to a 19-year-old? Yeah, to a 19-year-old that's barely played in mm. first-team football. This, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I do feel that he, it's time that he got mm. a mm. bit of a bit of recognition in a start. Because I think the young man is only going to learn and learn his trade by playing games. Yeah. The other alternative, of course, is that you, you, you try and find a, a National League club um, and you load him out and say, look, you're going there for the season... Toughen you up, play every Saturday, um, see, or see if you can find a couple like that. I don't yeah. know. And then you bring in two goalkeepers. I mean, we, we don't know for sure about Carl Leatherin, um, so he he may well end up re-signing him. So we'll see how that that works out. But maybe Michael Cooper goes on low and plays for a season, Torquay or something uh, like that, wherever, and and then gets that regular game time. Yeah. I think that's key in his development at the moment. Is regular regular game, game time. Mm. I, I agree. Mm. I, I think. I personally think the last year has been a, a missed opportunity, really, because I totally agree with what you're saying with, with Macy, especially as he didn't really pull up any trees, did he? No, I mean, I think there's no there's no hiding around it. Macy didn't have the best of seasons. There were games where he, he did play well and people still got on his back, but over the course of the season, I wouldn't say he had a particularly great season. Um, so, yeah, I see what you're saying to you. We've got to see it was a missed opportunity. Maybe Cooper could have made a couple of more starts but at the same time I think Leveren when he did play was superb as well so there's when you've got those choices it's, it's difficult I, mm. I, I get that it's difficult but I think my my main concern was the fact that we're giving Premier League youth team players an opportunity over our own when they're around the same age they're not, there's not much different in age group in age gap there I would have probably preferred to have seen Cooper get more of those opportunities. And the thing is, as well, 12 years or 12 months down the line, you know, you could have a Michael Cooper now that had played 20, 30, 40 games for Argyle. I mean, a perfect example of that is, is um, Curtis Nelson. Yeah. Forced into the side at a very young age, and it looks like he's on the verge now of signing for Cardiff. He's, he's only, what, how old is he now? 20, 24. 24. He might be a bit older than that, but he's yeah. not. He's got plenty of time left in his career. Yeah. And he's. he's vastly experienced he's a vastly experienced centre back and I think okay goalkeepers mature at a lot a lot a lot uh, lot later yeah a lot lot later so it's I think it can only be beneficial to get him in to get him game time out but like Chris says maybe going out on loan to a National League side would be beneficial as well yeah, I think that, the only thing with that, Torquay, I think they've just signed a goalkeeper, so they've got two for next season, yeah, haven't they? So Torquay's out the window, I think. Yeah, it might not be an easy fit, but you never know. Right, well, guys, um, thanks ever so much for coming in, Nick. Absolute oh, pleasure to have you Good luck with and, your, um, your work for next season, and um, yeah, I hope you can get as many funds as possible, and uh, look forward to seeing what you can come up with next season. Yeah, no, we've, we've got a few things that we've uh, mm. got planned. Hopefully, it's just like I say, it boils down to the funding, where we can afford to do it at the end of the day because everything we do is funded by by the fans every, every penny that we get goes back into future displays um, so it's nothing's taken for anyone else it's like I say it's all down to how much backing we get from the fans that basically detects how um, 
how, how far we go with it. Yeah, and I guess you'll be waiting on the fixtures on Thursday to start making your plans. Yes. Yes. Can I just ask, where do you get the ideas from for the displays, you know, the wording and things like that? Is that just there's you guys and us yourselves? Yeah, there's or? a group of us, about, there's probably about six or seven of us, and we, we've got a Facebook group chat which we all just sit in, and we, we, we'll pick a game, for example, and we'll say, okay, what are we going to do? What, what do we want to say? What, what are the key themes that we want to get across? So the key theme for the first game of the season, for example, is the fact that it's a new beginning, it's a new era, it's a new manager, new players. Sure. So we want to... We haven't decided what we're going to put on that banner yet, but there'll be something around a new beginning. So that's where we start with, and then we'll get together, have a chat, and then decide what we're going to put on it and crack on with it. Great stuff. Well, all the best with it. And uh, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Chris, thanks for your presence as well. See you next time. Thank you. Indeed, we'll be back with more of the same next week. So thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.